0: Super Talk Mississippi media production.
1: He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky
0: Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
2: Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play you know, if you're a regular listener of COSA, you know that we take diversions from time to time. I like to uh, I like to get in touch with people who are either from coastal Mississippi and going off to do incredible things in their careers. Or maybe maybe they're just, you know, they're seeing the world and want to touch base with them. Certainly, this show today is part of that. One of the things that I often like to talk about is the fact that the world is kind of a small place these days. And if you watch... And so many of us are, and of course, I've had uh, I've had people from Ukraine on this show. Uh, if you watch what's happening in Ukraine now, it's a great opportunity for us to connect with the Ukrainian people and to get a sense that they're nothing more than like us. <laughs> they they love their, their their home, and they're fighting for their home. They're doing what we'd be doing if we were if we were fighting for our home. We certainly wouldn't see leaving as an option. At least most of us wouldn't. But the world is a small place. I came across a, a wonderful quote from Wendell Wilkie. He wrote a book back in the 1940s called One World. He had he had done a 31,000 mile tour, and he came back and he wrote this: "There are no distant places anymore. Any longer, the world is small. The world is one." Uh, I had an opportunity to uh, to follow former Supreme Court Justice from Mississippi, Oliver Diaz, on some of his travels, and he wrote in December 2018 this. After traveling the world for most of the last year, I have learned that people around the world are more similar than different. We we all want the best for our families. We want safe communities, and we all want freedom to pursue our dreams. Traveling has taught me that humans are social creatures. We live in communities and are surrounded by others. We strive for friendships and relationships. We need these connections with other people. You know, when you when you read that, you really get a sense of, who we are as coastal Mississippians. We need each other. We've, we've become incredibly resilient because we've been challenged so many different times, but we share that quality with, with communities around the world. And I have uh, the real pleasure of welcoming to Coastview today, the former Supreme Court Justice for uh, the state of Mississippi, Oliver Diaz, who's coming to us live from Bali. Oliver, how you doing, my friend?
0: Hi Ricky, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. Pardon my background if you're watching um watching this um, on the video uh but I'm at a 13-hour time difference from the Mississippi coast. So where I am right now it's uh, 11 at night. Yeah. So, so I
2: see kind of a, a a thatch roof behind you. Is that what I'm looking at?
0: It it is. I'm staying at a uh, at a little hotel resort in Bali, um, uh, the Sanur area. If anybody's familiar with Bali, but uh, yeah, it's a beautiful resort. It's a beautiful island. It's just a wonderful place to be. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just um, so fortunate to be able to be here right now. South,
2: south of Indonesia, and um, as I mentioned to you well, when we we're off the air, a long yeah, way from home. It is
0: Indonesia. It is Indonesia, but it's in the southern part of Indonesia.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, so okay. Thank you. And then. Uh, and then uh, you're going to be there through the end of June. Um,
0: <laughs> well, that's one of the great things about the way um, Jennifer and I are traveling. Um, we actually don't have any firm uh, plans or deadlines. We like to travel and see places. And if we like a place, we, we want to stay there for a little while and get to know the people, get to learn the community, get to learn the customs. Um, so we don't put deadlines on ourselves. Um, so we've um decided that we're actually going to be here through at least through the end of June and we may be able to stay a little longer than that. Um so right now our plans are still a little flexible.
2: Uh, you know as a as a as a former newspaper guy and been having been in media for most of my career I really enjoy your photography and we'll come back to that in just a second but you sort of alluded okay. to it just then and again we won't spend too much time on it because i want to get on the journey here uh, quickly but but the reality is a lot of people travel and they take pictures of landscapes in order to take pictures of people you have to connect with them and you yeah. have gone out of your way i mean your your journey is not just to be able to say you went to a place but your 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 journey is about learning the culture meeting people i noticed that you you became friends with with someone in Bali and was was even, you know, invited to his daughter's wedding. So, but it is, a, it, it's just a complete immersion into a culture, which is really giving you the opportunity to say what you wrote back in 2018, that the world, the, the people all over the world shares, you know, the same kind of values. We want to be close to our communities and our families, and we want to be safe. But that's important to you to immerse yourself, isn't it?
0: Oh, oh, it's extremely important. I mean, that's what travel is about for me. I mean, some people travel to sea sites. They want to, you know, see the Eiffel Tower or, you know, the Roman Coliseum. And those things are wonderful. And I want to see those, too. But there's a deeper level to travel when you actually live in a community for a little while and get to know the local people and get to know their customs. And you actually make connections. I made it's wonderful that when I've started traveling i've I've started making lifelong friends um, I mean one of my travels we uh, we hiked across the Sierra mountains in um, California for thirty days. Jennifer and I did uh, it was a high altitude hike and um, we were without civilization basically for thirty days but we met a guy while we were hiking and he became one of my best friends now to this day. He's actually from Poland. Uh, he lives in Chicago now, but um, I consider him one of my best friends. So you make these connections when you travel, and it's such a wonderful experience. It's a deeper experience when you actually get to meet people rather than just see sights.
2: So you, uh, you're you from Biloxi, you went to Notre Dame, and I'm gonna make this quick because I wanna get okay. on to the travel. You, University of South Alabama, You went to University of Mississippi Law School. You went actually on further to University of Virginia School of Law. You were in the House of Representatives, extraordinarily acted there. Uh, You were a city attorney for the city of D'Alberville along the way. You were appointed by Governor Musgrove to the Supreme Court, were reelected in 2000 and uh, in 2000. And the, you, had a, you had a great run there. And then, of course, you worked as a practicing lawyer for a while. But, you know, we could reflect, as I mentioned, for an entire show about your time as a, a judge, a lawyer, a leader. But really what's fascinating to me is the, is the determination that you and Jennifer made to virtually darn near sell everything <laughs> and to travel the world. And look, I went back. I told you I did this. I, back in January <laughs> of 2016, you and I shared notes with each other. And I we were remember, just cat- I
0: remember va- I vaguely remember doing this so I don't remember what I said. So Well, we were just we were just
2: sharing well. notes with each other about kind of okay. update, you know, updating ourselves on you know where we are and whatever. And uh, you said that you didn't get an opportunity to backpack when you were in when you were you know, backpacked Europe when you were in school and right. college and that you sort of reliving your teenage years and that you plan to do some very significant travel. And then uh, you a lot of planning, um, you know, selling assets, you know, breaking the news to your family and friends that you're going to be That's doing awesome. that, figuring out way, unique ways to finance the trip, and picking destinations and learning other cultures. And, and, and you just went on from there. And what's, what's really interesting, by the way, is that you, you were sort of already an amateur photographer. And what I, what I came to conclude was that the landscapes that you would take at your home in Florida. It's a big distance between that moment when you were posting those landscapes on Facebook and where you are now in Bali. The points in between is an extraordinary journey, man. I mean, it's just incredible. By the way, you went on later, we went on later to talk about this 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 notion of um, it's easy to photograph landscapes, but it's more difficult to uh, gain the trust of a stranger so that you can photograph them, which I alluded to just a few minutes ago, but I think Zion and Arches National Park and hiking Bryce Canyon in Utah and all that was, a, and then you were back home after that. But that was kind of a precursor, pre- precursor to this incredible journey, wasn't it?
0: It was. Um, before we traveled the world, we we did a lot of traveling through the continental United States. Um, we we couldn't be free to travel the world until our kids were grown and in college. I mean, we raised a family like most everybody else out there. We were tied down. Um, like you'd mentioned, uh, you and I talked, I, I now remember earlier that I didn't get to do these things, um, you know, before, be, after I finished high school or during college where lots of people had just put on backpacks and, you know, walked across Europe and did things like that. Um, we I, I stayed in law school. I had to work I, um, you know sup- got married and supported a family. We had children. We weren't free to to travel the world, but um we were free to travel the United States a good bit. and uh, we we traveled around the United States to see things, wanted to show our kids and give them a love of travel. and I think we were able to do that with the children and and they they now also have a great appreciation for travel. But before we could do that, before I was free to travel, um, you know, we were tied down just like most everybody else. Um, we made a decision when the kids were finally out of the nest and uh, Jennifer and I were sitting at home. Um, I, I, it's sort of funny. We, there was a point in time where our daughter was in college and she was in a college program um, where she was doing a semester in Europe. She was actually in, in Paris. And our son had had um, he had done a little. He would just graduated, and he was on a, a little trip to. Um, I think he was somewhere in Europe as well. And Jennifer and I were at home, and we're like, you know, there's something wrong with this. Our <laughs> kids are traveling the world, and we're sitting here at home. We're Oliver, let's do. Let's,
2: Oliver, let's do this. We're coming to the end of the segment. We'll pick it up right there. That you were stuck here, and your kids were. We're uh, out of We're the country. The world. Y'all yeah. wanted to flip the s- script, and That's you did. We'll, when we yeah. come back, we'll continue our conversation with Oliver Diaz.
1: Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgolfcoast.com. His love for the coast is why he's
0: here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
2: Welcome back to Coast View. I'm joined by my friend Oliver Diaz, who, with his wife Jennifer, has literally traveled the world. And, uh, And it's not just traveling the world. It's literally immersing themselves into the cultures of the places they go to. And from that, he's been able to really... Make some pretty profound statements about how small the world ultimately is and how much we've we have shared values around this world. And one of the things you mentioned before we went to break that you know you, there was a point where you and Jennifer were here, and your kids were you know out of the country. But it was interesting because I noticed um, I could follow you follow you through your photography. That was the thing that drew me into your 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 travels. And so when you got back from sort of your U.S. travels, you were at home, but then at home, but then suddenly, there's photos starting to appear from Cartagena in uh, Colombia, and that was in September of uh, 2017. Yeah. So I'm assuming, that that was the first big foray that that you were going to do it. And by the way, we're going to show a couple of photos. The first photo, and for the radio audience, I'll describe to you: so it's a couple of women in Cartagena who are in colorful outfits and one of the things that i would note about your photography is that you have an incredible eye for landscape for people for color you the color the the customs and the culture that you've been in, immersed in really around the world it's beautiful and i you've it, literally it, posted thousands of photos so there's no way for us to uh, to capture it all and then li- and then next i want to just share one of the and then we'll talk about sort of the beginning of this this journey that ultimately took you to Bogota and south from there, and I mean, the, you know, you went to the Ecuador and the Pichu, and we'll, we'll get into all that here shortly. But a, a photo that you posted of Pope Francis, and um, you know, that must have been a special experience. But tell me about kicking th- your journey off there.
0: Yeah, uh, well, you you hit it right on the head. That's exactly where we began our uh, our international travels in depth. Um, you know. One of my favorite sayings you had about you had your saying about uh, the uh, traveling, but um, one of my favorite sayings is that uh, traveling uh, the world is like a book, and people who don't travel are reading only one page of that book. I mean, there's so much more to it than you know just what we see at home and and by traveling, we get to experience that so much more um. Jennifer and I decided that uh, we were going to start our international travels uh, by going to South America. And Columbia was the first stop on that journey. Um, we had done a little bit of research before we, we picked a destination. Um, we'd been reading blog posts and travel journals and that sort of thing. And one of the things Jennifer came across was that um, there was a survey of people who had um, traveled to more than 100 countries across the world so these were very experienced travelers and the survey asked them to pick their favorite country that they would always want to go back to and of these experienced travelers um, most of them the, the number one response was the country of Colombia. i had no idea It just it caught us completely off guard and by surprise and so um we said why not that's that's where we need to start if if so many experts say that's a great place to be let's start there and it it's actually such a, a quick and easy flight from the us it's actually the they call it the gateway to to south america it's the closest south american country to the united states if you're flying in and so um so we flew into to cartagena and it was a wonderful place to visit and i'm i'm glad you picked up on the colors because that's what really Captures my attention when i 'm traveling. I see these bright and vibrant colors and and um, and the people and, and their customs and and I want to try to capture that as best i, ca- I can and um, and yeah that that picture from Cartagena was one of the ones that that, that really does stand out and the Pope. Yeah, it just so happened that we started our travels had no idea when we arrived in Colombia that the pope was going to be there at the very same time. Um we uh we we had no idea and we were walking uh we they had all the posters so we knew he was coming and um the day he was he was he was scheduled to travel through the country we simply uh, walked outside and got a spot on the road and I was less than uh, Six feet away from the Pope when he drove by. I mean, we made eye contact, as you can see from the the photo that I had with him. It was just such an incredible and, and wonderful experience. So, um, yeah, um, and, and that's so that's uh, it was just a, an amazing experience.
2: And uh, you know what's interesting when people think of Bogota, and uh, I, I had I've watched all the series of uh, Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borman who did the motorcycle rides, you know, around the I world. I saw that too. Yeah yeah well I mean, and, the and the way, one, and, way on, yeah yes that the long way up was just incredible, I mean, yeah. and you yeah. got a chance to really see, but when they were in Bogota, you didn't get the you got to see the beauty of excuse me Colombia in general, but you got to see the beauty of the place. you didn't get a sense that they felt unsafe. You guys didn't feel unsafe either, did you?
0: not at all. we really didn't. I mean one of the things that people asked us if we uh, if we do feel unsafe and it's it's such um it's it, it, it's it's an interesting question because uh, we have really not felt unsafe anywhere we've gone and it's it's amazing to us um, it, it's a little sad to say but um, some of the unsafest times for us have been um, going in and out of new orleans where we fly a lot of times and we feel uncomfortable when we sleep in new orleans the night before our travels but in and in Colombia, we didn't feel uncomfortable at all. Uh, we had planned to stay maybe two weeks or so in Colombia, and when we got there, we just fell in love with the place, and we could not leave. We ended up staying seven weeks and had to make ourselves actually leave Colombia.
2: Wow, that's that's really incredible. And then from there, it, you know, there's there, again, we could cover all these pieces, but we it would take five hours to do it. But but I, what I noticed in your journeys is hiking canyon, uh, Crystalis was a was the first kind of like symbol that you guys were going to spend a lot of time hiking and tracking and going off the beaten path and uh you you guys just decided you're gonna you're gonna do it different didn't you
0: yes um and, and that's that's a great example um Caño Cristales is for people who aren't aware it's called it's the river of colors in Colombia it's not easy to get to um it's almost a 24-hour jeep ride in there through unpaved roads and things we were lucky to be able to to take a very small plane into uh, into the area um and so we didn't have to endure the 24-hour <laughs> bumpy road but um it was such an amazing place to see and not many people get to see it's one of the areas of Colombia that was also controlled by the um, the Colombian guerrillas during the civil war and it had just recently opened up and um we were very fortunate to be there and um, and fortunately we we didn't feel unsafe at all. We were very, uh, very happy to be there and they were happy to see us. One of the great things uh, we learned is that these, com- these communities had been isolated for such a, a while. They wanted, when they do see tourists, um, international visitors, they go out of their way to make us comfortable and they just rolled out the red carpet for us, would do anything for us. And it's just such a wonderful experience.
2: On to Ecuador and incredible uh, uh, pictures, and to Peru to Machu Picchu. My son did that journey as well, but that's a that's a tough uh, hike, isn't it?
0: Oh yeah, um, it it is a tough hike. We uh, we did the trek um, up to the mountain. We didn't take the bus ride. So some you can take a bus ride. It's an easy little trek if you want to go experience Machu Picchu. But Jennifer and I like to do the um, the hikes and the treks and to make things interesting. Uh, we did a four-day trek um, going up into the mountains, walking the original Inca Trail um, and, you know, waking up the night before uh, and and yeah, you, sunrise experiencing sunrise at Machu Picchu is just a breathtaking experience. And, you know, one of the experiences I'll never forget it's a lifelong experience
2: okay so anyway the journey continues on to Chile and then on to (laughs) Bolivia and Patagonia you know Patagonia is there I mean again you by the time you get to Patagonia you've seen some of the most beautiful culture some of the most beautiful landscapes in the world but you got a chance to do some glacier tracking while you were in Patagonia what a special place that is
0: Patagonia is just a, a world unto itself. We couldn't spend enough time in Patagonia. It, it's hard to describe how vast and how isolated Patagonia is. We actually had to plan on the map. They actually have gas stations located on a map so that you can plot your drives because there is absolutely nothing between these very, very small towns in Patagonia. And so you have to be able to gauge your mileage and and know whether you're going to be able to refuel when you get there. And that's the problem because sometimes when you actually get to the places, uh, they're out of fuel and you may have to wait a day or few, uh, two before the fuel trucks arrive. But uh, fortunately, we didn't have to experience that. But you do have to do some great planning. Um, but but the vastness of Patagonia, the the landscapes, the mountains, the glaciers. Um, it's just breathtaking. Um, I mean, I can't recommend it enough. And we did a long trek through Patagonia as well, um, through, uh, through the mountains there. And it's, it's just, you know, I hate it. it, it you lose um, your ability to, to, to use an adjective to describe these sort of things.
2: Hey, um, listen, we're at the end of the segment, but when we come back, They got back home. Next thing you hear, they're in France. And then they decided to go to the Camino del Santiago. What a journey that was. We're going to tell you what that is and how difficult that is. We'll see you after this break with uh, my friend Oliver Diaz.
1: for free to the Coast View podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to
0: Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
2: Welcome back to Koshi. We're having a terrific uh, visit with Oliver Diaz. He and his wife Jennifer literally are on a journey to really immerse themselves in countries and places around the world. And he is in Bali now. It's it's after 11 o'clock at night in Bali. He's having to keep his voice down a bit uh, because of where he is and where he has access to Wi-Fi. So, um, so you you got back from Patagonia and that track and uh, across uh, South America. You got back home. So suddenly, you're, now you're all suddenly taking pictures in France, and it was sort of a precursor to where you were headed. You were headed to the Camino de, de Santiago track, which is an amazing, amazing journey that took a couple of months. So, um, how, how can we wrap that up in a nice, but you know, bow? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's sort of hard to do um, but it, the the Camino is just a an experience that everyone should do um, it's it's a it's a it's a pilgrimage um a religious pilgrimage for many others it's a personal pilgrimage. um you don't have to make it religious if you don't want to um, but but it's a discovering of yourself and it's a discovering of what you can do. We actually walked um, about 750 miles across both France and Spain. Took us about 63 days to to do that. Um, split about equally between two countries, both countries. Um, you know, you really get to see a country when you walk through a country. It's not like driving and looking out of a car window or a bus or flying over in an airplane. I mean, we're walking through rural villages and 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 meeting people um, and staying in farms and and things along those lines and and, and it, it's just it's a discovery of yourself when you, when you're able to you you know if somebody had asked me if I could walk 750 miles um, I'd have told them you're you're insane I don't I can't do something like that but but once you start on a journey it's um, you know the the old saying is uh, one step at a time and um, one day at a time. And before you know it, you've gone a hundred miles and then three hundred miles and 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 you you can do it. your body adapts. and and by doing so, you learn so much about yourself and you learn so much about others. So it's, you know, I just highly recommend a, a journey like that for everyone out there.
2: Your 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 travels are so vast. It would I mean again we could it would take us five hours to capture it all. But it's I mean it's, it seems so short shrifting <laughs> to speak of that journey that part of your journey in such a brief amount of time. But unfortunately we have to because there's more to come. You went to Portugal from there and then you went home and then in February 2019, next thing I, we discover f- through your photographs is Israel Jordan. Egypt Africa, South Africa, Cape Town and um, and and there's a highlight on that trip we'll get to in a second but I want to share for for the for the radio audience this is a this is a photo that he took at the uh, Nambian desert and um, it is it is striking it is a striking landscape photo that almost oh, yeah. seems like a painting yeah describe that to me
0: that that place is called um Susavlay. And it's in um, Namibia, the country of Namibia. Um, it's it's an amazing place. It's actually um, a, a, a dried out um, seabed. And the floor is basically made of salt, which is white. But it's also surrounded by these orange sand dunes, which is just otherworldly. And in the middle of this Dead Sea area are these trees that have been petrified. They're growing and they're petrified. And so it just gives it such an other, otherworldly landscape. Um, that's one of the places that we've been that took my breath away. Um, it, it's just impossible to describe with words. But um, yeah, it's, it's I often thought
2: really, as you were posting photos from your trips, from your journeys, I often wondered if you were going to select some. That would be sort of uh, like a wall of fame in your house going <laughs> walking down a hall. How would you how would you even begin to? Because so many again, you're a really yeah. terrific photographer, really, really Thank good you. photographer. Thank but you. this has to be among the best in terms of just what it what it captures and that it's real and it seems so surreal. But then again, I could I could name I could uh, describe many of your photographs that way. You felt the same way, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I, I do. I, you know, I've thought about doing that too, trying to pick my favorites, and um, it's almost impossible to do. So, what I what I'm I, I may end up doing is is. Trying to limit it to one per country. I want to try to see if I can yeah. fill each country into just one photograph, and um, <laughs> that's something I'm thinking about doing. But but so you
2: but yeah. okay? So on this trip to Africa, you decided that you were going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. At the time, you said it was the most difficult thing you had ever done. We oh, have a wow. photo that was taken of you, and I'm assuming one of your guides at the top of Mount Kilimanjaro that that Kyle is showing now. But, uh, you know, you had just taken, uh, if you think about, it, you've talked about the 700-mile track was about discovering yourself. Mount Kilimanjaro was also about discovering yourself. How many times do you need to discover yourself?
0: <laughs> you know, I, it's fun to do it, though. It's, um, you know, it's it's a challenge. And um, I'm always up for a challenge. I guess, you know, <laughs> you can see that through my um, my legal career, my my political career, and those sort of things. I, I don't shy away from a challenge, but um, I like to test myself, and I I enjoy doing these. Things. You know, that trip through Africa was just just one of the one of the highlights of our life. Jennifer and I just decided we'd just rent a car in South Africa, and. By ourselves, we just drove through several countries in Southern Africa. We drove through all of South Africa. We drove through Namibia, Botswana, Zimbabwe, Zambia, um, made our way up to Tanzania, just driving ourselves. A lot of people feel they need to be on tours or, or stay at resorts and that sort of thing. But we, we like to just go on our own and, um, and, and explore and see what we can find and see what, what shows up along the way.
2: Unbelievable. Mount Kilimanjaro, when you were standing on top of it after the very difficult track to get there, (laughs) did you, what did you think?
0: Oh, I mean, we, my guide was just such a wonderful person and, and, um, I could not have made it without him. Um, but he had planned, we actually had to leave our base camp at about, um, three o'clock the morning um, of the summit. And um, and he, he wanted to do that because um, he said that that'll give us the exact time to be there at sunrise. And so when we actually reached the peak of Mount Kilimanjaro, it was actually at sunrise. And to see sunrise from the highest point in, um, in Africa um, was just another one of those um, experiences that it's just impossible
2: to describe man we again we could talk about that journey because you wrote wonderfully about it and how difficult it was etc but let's uh let's move on in september 2019 next thing we know you're in moscow russia you went uh, along the way you also went to the ireland titanic harbor denmark malta and then back home again what what was going on in that stretch (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, actually, um, most of that stretch was, was a, a cruise. We were on a cruise ship for a lot of that. Um, Great, Jennifer, Jennifer, and I were looking for a way to get back, um, home after our trip through Africa. And, um, we had, um, we'd done some research, you know, we, you could fly home and just, just be there. But, um, we found that there was a cruise ship that was repositioning, leaving the Mediterranean area and actually coming back to the United States and then going to go cruise through the Caribbean, and they called it a repositioning cruise, where the ship is is leaving one area of the world and repositioning to another. So what we decided to do was catch that cruise and um, take it um, from Europe back. Home to the United States, and that was our mode of transportation for that. And along the way, there were um, we had these wonderful stops. We we actually stopped in Russia, St. Petersburg, and made a trek into Moscow from there. Um, and and did um, a lot of the. We actually did um, some of the Baltic countries. Estonia uh, was wonderful, um, and we did through. We went through Montenegro, um, Croatia, just. Just, just the, that was that was a trip unto itself as well.
2: And, and Croatia, in and of itself, Anne and I have been there with our son Justin, and what a what a special place that is. And given you know Balexi's connection to Croatia, that had to have been special for you, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah, it certainly was. Um, Dubrovnik, um, Split, um, those are just cities that, I, I mean, you've seen these on on Game of Thrones. It's it's just almost otherworldly type. Cities or from another era, and just being there just takes your breath away
2: well, we went to, went to all of those places um, so you get came back home and in February twenty twenty now we got to think about the the pandemic starting to crank up. You guys decide to go do hike the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> and look, I've read a number we're gonna come back in the final segment, to talk about that and then what leads you then 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 a trip in a car to the Arctic Circle. But um I, I've read a number of books about the Appalachian Trail. I'm fascinated with it. We we love going there. I've obviously not walked it myself. I've walked segments of it obviously, but not, not the whole thing. But so many interesting stories, so many interesting people, and so many wonderful books have been written about people's journey down the Appalachian Trail. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Oliver Diaz. We'll see you after this break.
1: Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa. Open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
2: The coast you have the former Supreme Court Justice from Mississippi, Oliver Diaz, who really has done with his wife something incredible. They've immersed themselves in countries and towns all over the world, and their experiences have been unbelievable. So, in this final segment, what I, what I will talk about their decision to, to do the Appalachian Trail. Um, I noticed you know they bought a a, 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 a a vehicle that could give them the ability to to drive to the Arctic Circle. They came back through Canada. At some point, like in February 2022, they actually went down to Central America, saw some photos from Panama, and then of course now he's in Bali, Bali, which is where he's coming to us from now. But uh, so, how did you fit the Appalachian Trail in? Well,
0: that, that's actually kind of interesting. And the Appalachian Trail was basically our COVID backup plan. We had actually planned to be in Indonesia, um, Bali, and in this area back in um, in early 20, um, 2020 in February or so. And we started watching the news and we saw the outbreaks in China and and um, this area of the world. And we said, you know, maybe this isn't a good time to travel over there. And so we fell back on, um, on doing the Appalachian Trail at that point. Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to finish the Appalachian Trail because they actually shut down the Appalachian Trail because of COVID. All the um, national parks and the rangers and so on and so forth actually shut down the trail, so we had to leave the trail at that point. But, but that's what that was about, and um, sort of curtailed our international travels as it did for everybody else um, in the age of COVID. Um, but that, that's what that's why we uh, decided to do that at that point in time.
2: But you got a good flavor of it. You got a good flavor of the commitment that people are making and the different oh, yeah. reasons why they're going on that trail.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We we walked all the way through Georgia and North Carolina. We did a good bit of the trail. Um, we were on it for um, several weeks, so we got a good taste of it and, and, and enjoyed it. I mean, we met some amazing people, people that I actually still keep in touch with to this day.
2: So you bought a special vehicle and decided to drive – through, through Alaska and up to the Arctic Circle. Tell me about that.
0: Well, that's COVID as well, because we couldn't do international travel. We decided that um, the only thing we could do was to see the United States. And in order to do that, we, we needed a vehicle that would get us places. Um, it, we didn't want to just stick to the highways. We wanted to be able to get off-road and, and drive to some remote areas, lakes, and, and things of that nature. So we decided to drive up to Alaska. We drove um, across from Mississippi all the way across the United States up to Washington State and then um, crossed over Canada into Alaska. So we spent summer up in Alaska, um, basically just touring the entire state of Alaska as much of it as we could. Um, We had to have a vehicle that could go off road, and um, we actually have a tent on top of our vehicle. It's a hard top tent. And so we just pull up to a lake or a glacier or wherever we are, uh, maybe even off the side of the road, and um, pop up our tent, and we can sleep basically anywhere with that vehicle. And that's why we decided to purchase that. And um, and so we were able to travel through Alaska and Canada. There are only two roads in the in the continental um, uh, uh, Americas where you can drive to the Arctic Circle. One is in Alaska and one is in Canada. And we decided to do both of those um, last summer. And that was just an incredible experience as well, driving um, to places that most people can't even get to.
2: And we're talking not hundreds, but thousands of miles. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh yeah, many thousands of miles, and <clears throat> and that's another place that takes great preparation because there are no gas stations. You have to carry fuel. You have to carry your own food. Weather conditions can change really quickly. If you look at ice road truckers, there's this TV show. I think it's on the Discovery Channel. This is the highways that they drive. Weather can change really quickly. You can become stranded. You can, you know get stuck off road. So you've got to be able to support yourself with food and water. Fuel and that sort of thing, so it takes a lot of preparation, but it was it, it's it's completely worth it because the sights you see when you do it, it you know you just you just can't get by looking at books or or magazines.
2: My friend, the former governor of, of Alabama, Governor Bob Riley, did it on a motorcycle by himself, and on the way back, he slipped and ended up injuring himself yep. significantly and uh, he's better obviously today. but he uh, but people picked him up and they put him in the back of a of a pickup truck and he tried to explain to them that he's just just recently um, had retired as governor of, of Alabama. And they said, sure, you know, sure you are, you know, but <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, it's a it, it, you, it's it's a it's not you're not talking about just wonderful highways. It it can be incredibly no. treacherous.
0: Oh, yeah. No, none of the roads are paved Um and you're talking about vast stretches and you top speed is, you know, 30, 40 miles an hour max. I mean, you're usually doing 20 to 25 miles an hour. So it takes a long time to cover those distances, but but it's oh so worth it.
2: So we're coming to the end of our time together, uh, Oliver. But look, man, it's been a great opportunity for you and I to visit. And in the final minute, tell me how small the world really is.
0: <laughs> you know, People around the world are exactly alike everywhere. Um, I mean, you know, they're, they, they have family reunions. We see them on the beach every day in Bali doing that. Um, they have weddings. Um, like you mentioned at the top of the show, um, my, the driver that we've befriended here in Bali has invited us to his family, family weddings. Um, the, the thing about traveling is when you get to connect with people You get to see how similar we are and we we all have families we love our families and you know we want to spend time with families and and when people reach out and include you in their families it's just such a touching experience and we've been so blessed that people from around the world have welcomed us in and taken us into their homes shared meals with us and just shared parts of their lives that's that's what that's, that's what that's,
2: totally Martian. That's, that's, that's what, what totally immersion is all about. Oliver it's been a pleasure my friend. Stay safe. You. Enjoy, your, en- enjoy your enjoy yeah. your journey in Bali.
1: Glad to be here. Thank you so much.
2: Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow.
1: Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook facebookcom Talk MS Coast 103.1 Super Talk Mississippi
0: media production.